welcome to the Let's Talk Autism and Additional Needs podcast. I'm Michelle Davey and this is my co-host. Hey everyone, it's Christelle. <laughs> she promised me she would not speak in an American I accent. I didn't, I didn't promise, I didn't promise. I said I'm definitely going to do it. Like, I know it's not good, oh but... Right, I I'm introducing, it. I'm introducing our guest before Christelle actually forces her to leave with no, that terrible accent. Laura, hello Laura. Hi, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Hello Laura. Laura's come all the way to Zoom from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very complicated journey to try and navigate these time zones. So welcome mm. Laura to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I hope you're not jet lagged. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. You were really, really excited <laughs> to have you on because you're speaking as well about something today that actually... We've wanted to speak about for a very long time, ain't we, Christelle? So yes. we speaking yes. about relationships in the neurodiverse community. So first of all, tell us, Laura, all about you, your journey, and then, yeah, why, why relationship? Yeah, so I guess I should give like a little bit of background about me, just that mm-hmm. I'm uh, undiagnosed autistic and ADHD, and I didn't get that diagnosis <laughs> until I was 30, so... I had already gotten married, had two kids, was suffering a lot of burnout because I had no clue that I was neurodivergent. And I just kept trying to live my life in the neurotypical way. And it just wasn't working. (laughs) And I just couldn't figure out, you know, what was wrong with me? Like, why is, why is the advice I get from all my friends not really working for me? And I'm getting my diagnosis, um, as an adult just really changed my life. And, um, it's given me a lot of reflection. I, I look back on my dating history and it all makes a lot more sense now for sure. And, um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about my dating journey and uh, where I've, where I've come from on that. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you're diagnosed autistic and ADHD. Yes. Yeah. So going way back to like, I'm talking about when you was at school, first love, that type of thing through to dating how did that feel for you and how do you think that differs from somebody who's neurotypical perhaps it was difficult the journey was difficult and I think it was made uh, more difficult than it should have been because I was raised really sheltered so I was I mean I was homeschooled from the beginning I didn't go to public school Um, I didn't get my first job until I was 20 So basically I was working 40 hours a week at 20 undiagnosed neurodivergent person. And by the time my work week was done, I just didn't have much time or energy for socializing. And so I was just really struggling to meet anybody. I was like, I was active in my church. So I I would go to church every weekend, but then that cut another day out of my weekend. So I just didn't really meet anybody at church or anything. I didn't have a viable outlet to meet guys. So I basically hit like 20 and kind of just sat up and looked around and was like, (laughs) I am going to die an old maid if I don't change something. (laughs) So basically, uh, that's where you enter online dating for me. Um, That was what I I started. And I immediately loved online dating because it just gave me some options. Like it. Did you feel a little bit protected as well with the online dating because the person's not directly in front of you? Yes, it basically online dating gave me access to just a wider pool than my social circle would allow for in person. 
And it cut out so much of that agonizing in-person small talk that's really difficult for me. Like online dating just gave me options in a way that was manageable with my severe social anxiety, I would say. Yeah. So once you've now embarked on that journey of online dating, obviously, if you really like somebody, the next stage is going to come. So how did you leap to that bit? Like going from chatting with somebody online to meeting in person? Yeah, to meeting them in person, face to face, eyes to eyes, nose touching. Okay, not that far, but you know, face to face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I basically I went about it in hindsight. I went about it in a very autistic way that I laugh about now because I, when I was online dating, and um, I literally made a list. I'm talking a typed up like multi-page list of questions to ask potential dates. And I didn't like rattle off the list to him when I was talking to him or anything like that. I was an absolute nerd, but um, I just had this as a resource for myself. So like I would talk to guys and I would work these questions into my conversations with them and it would reveal what I needed to know about them. So like I would chat a ton of guys, but after asking them the pointed questions, they very rarely made the cut to an in-person date. (laughs) So it kind of was my autistic nerdy way of getting around that like first date fail a lot of the time. Yeah, but but that is like a massive part of autism and ADHD, isn't it? That there's these scripts and oh, yeah. you know like this kind of scripted I know that my son if we're going somewhere like we went to Tower Bridge Experience um, in London the other week and he even if his birthday is coming up he has like these like premeditated like premeditated sounds really sinister that's a bad word to use but you know what <laughs> I mean like he has this like these really like scripted scenarios of what that oh, yeah. is gonna is gonna be like so wh- why yeah. is that it basically the scripting it's it's twofold I mean for a lot of autistic people the scripting is part of masking and that tends to be a protection mechanism and a way for us to feel quote-unquote normal or to fit in but it it is helpful for us because I feel like the scripting is not only protection for us because it enables us to kind of chameleon blend in but it it um basically it just reduces the amount of anxiety I feel as an autistic person yeah and when you finally got to those um those dates those first dates were what was that like you know beforehand how was you feeling it was very intense for me because well first of all meeting a stranger is always nerve-wracking as a woman so I always would you know pick safe public locations and text my friends and my parents where I was going and who I was going with and all that safety, safety stuff. But um, the in-person dates, I, I would get frustrated. And it was because I, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel a lot of chemistry with a lot of the guys I would like, even if they looked great on paper and they were attractive and they were super nice to me, like I would meet them. And I just, felt nothing like I just 
just, they were super nice. And then I would feel really bad. And that is where it, I digressed into like the, just berating myself and feeling like, what is wrong with me? Like, this is a great guy. What is your problem? Why can't I feel attracted to these guys? You know what I mean? And that was really harmful yeah. to me, young person, because mm. I trying so hard, you know, you, I should yeah. trying you, to force chemistry that just wasn't there. And you know, there, that yeah. maybe, yeah, like led you down some paths, maybe that you didn't want to be going down because of that. Or was you still quite guarded? I mean, um, it, it's hard. And I, I've talked a little bit about this um, with on my um, Spectrum Serafina page. But um, narcissists are often attracted to autistic people. And so the very first boyfriend that I had was a narcissist. And I think he really used that to manipulate and break me down. And because I was undiagnosed autistic, I always felt this internal battle of, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I, maybe mm. I just this way, or maybe I just need to be that way. Maybe that's more normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that made it hard because my first boyfriend was a narcissist and that just made it all so much more confusing for me since I already was confused and not diagnosed at that point, you know? Yeah. So fast forward now and you you are married now so tell us what was the difference when you met your husband what led him to you being saying okay then you, you can be my husband and did you he, have that chemistry as well did did that chemistry yeah. was it there from the first moment it was it was and it was such a breath of fresh air I it's so funny my mom and I laugh about this now because I had been on a lot of dates by the time I met my husband and my mom just got to the point because I'm best friends with my mom. And so she, you know, I would go on a date and then I would talk to her and she's like, so how'd it go? And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> well. I didn't really like the guy. Now I feel bad. And so that's what she had gotten used to. But I came home from the first date with my husband and I was literally beaming from ear to ear. <laughs> Oh. oh, this one actually went well. So what did your mom say? Was, was she like, okay, so this is different? Yeah, she noticed the difference right off the bat. But um, it's funny because my husband messaged me and I was just at this point of exhaustion. Like when he messaged me, he we just met on this little online dating site. And he messaged me and I didn't even message him back. I was just so tired and like working and burnout. And I, I just like, ah, oh, I just not into it. So I'd never messaged him back. And then a couple months went by and he messaged me again. And there was something about him. I was just like, man, I got to go on a date with this guy. Because yes. he, something about him that just intrigues me. So we went on a date and it was actually a group date. And the feeling that I got when... I saw him and when I spent time with him that first day was just, I just felt totally at ease and like totally comfortable and of course attracted, <laughs> but I just felt like for the first time in my life, like I had come home and I had never had that feeling before. I love hearing you talk about it because I feel like I'm watching a movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like smiling. A, I'm smiling along as if I'm there. <laughs> Me and Christelle are like watching some Hugh Grant film here at the moment. <laughs> so, no, how long into your marriage was it until 
now okay you get your diagnosis or you're now on the path of getting a diagnosis what led to that and also oh, did you speak to your husband first did you like share that with him thinking actually you know like when did that that part happen as Christelle was saying with my husband let me think uh, my son was three when he got diagnosed and I was diagnosed uh let me see was that I'm trying to think crunch numbers in my head math is not my strong suit uh that was I wasn't good at maths either we didn't have a good maths tutor <laughs> yeah married for five years I think no okay been married for seven years we'd been married for seven years when I got my autism diagnosis wow yeah so when you got that diagnosis how did you feel just honestly relieved because um my son got diagnosed at three and by the time he got diagnosed, I already knew he was autistic. Like I had done so much research. I was just like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I know that's what it is. He is clearly autistic. And when he got diagnosed, it didn't surprise me at all. It kind of just was validation. And I was relieved because it would give us some more support for him. Um, so then basically he got diagnosed. And while I was doing all of this research on my son and how I can help him and be a support to him and just understand him better. I just, you know, started having all the light bulbs, like, wait a minute, <laughs> his triggers are my triggers mm. on to situations the same way. Like what? Wait, wait, hold up. <laughs> so uh, when I started talking to my husband about me potentially being on the spectrum also, he he just didn't know how to take it. He was like, wait, what? You? No way. Like he didn't believe it at first. But what I really had to help people in my life realize was I'm a heavy, heavy masking autistic. So nobody really in my life experienced my autism because I hid it from them wow. because I didn't want to be perceived badly or treated badly or or anything mm. I was just really insecure about those struggles and so I hit it all I mean even my mom when I told her we're best friends and she was floored when I got diagnosed mm. because I didn't see it because I hid it and but that's a long time for you to hide that it was exhausting yeah I can um, imagine I mean I basically after my second child was born I managed having kids okay until the second one came. And then I just had massive burnout. Like just mm -hmm. my whole, my whole mental health just came crashing down at that point. I just couldn't keep up with that kind of pressure anymore. Yeah. And, and, and pressure on myself. It was yeah. self-imposed pressure, expectations of my own self. Do you think that since you, you've got your diagnosis, do you think that strengthened your marriage oh 100 percent, yes because um in the beginning it was it was very you know it was it was a little bit scary for my husband in the beginning because he watched my mental health just spiral downward and wanted to help me didn't know how to help me didn't know what to do to make it better you know we're not rich people so it's not like we could afford a lot of childcare at that point. And I didn't, at that point, one of the biggest issues that I was having being undiagnosed 
was that I didn't have the words to explain what I was experiencing on the inside. And that was the disconnect. I didn't know how to advocate for my needs because I just felt like a constant failure. And the autism diagnosis changed my life because it gave me the words to explain, this is what it is. This is my need. This is my limits. And this is why. And then that helped my husband so much because I could actually communicate and he would understand finally, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that you found each other. You seem like, you know, I'm just so glad you got that, that happy ending as well. with uh, him. Yes, he is the best. We'll be married nine years um, yeah. this September. Oh, oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. He's amazing. <laughs> so, just before you go, so your husband's neurotypical. Now, I've seen yes. quite a lot of posts and things like this on Instagram, and it says like, <laughs> what like advice to give neurotypical people if you are in a relationship or dating or married to somebody who's neurodivergent. So, what's your feels on that? What sort of advice? Because neurodivergency is so huge. Like, but what would you yeah. say? Maybe some of those staple fundamentals would be for people that perhaps are in a relationship with somebody who is um, neurodiverse? I know I can just speak from my experience. Um, I really struggle with having difficulty, um, like identifying a complex emotion. So for me, I process complex emotions a lot slower. And so I, I say I'm in a situation and my husband does something that just really upsets me. You know, it happens in marriage. Um, I don't react in that moment. I, I kind of just sit back and I analyze it. And sometimes I analyze it for a really long time before I talk about it. But in the past, you know, before, before I got diagnosed, I would just stuff the feeling because I was like, well, I'm upset, but I don't know why. So I guess I'll just let it go. And that wasn't healthy at all. (laughs) That just led to a lot of, uh, frustration for me and my husband but the change that that has made the difference is when I feel upset in the moment that I actually take more time to journal and really kind of write myself through the process of why am I feeling this way what did he say that set my emotion off and I kind of just ask myself these questions and write down these things and give myself the time to analyze it And then once I have analyzed it and I am not emotional anymore, we sit down and have a conversation. And that has really just helped us both, you know, because in my husband's defense, like if I don't tell him why I'm upset, then he can't really help me in that situation, you know? Yeah, that's very, very true. So tips I can take from that, um, get a journal, write down all, all my husband's doing wrong. <laughs> Me, yeah. gonna do the same as well. <laughs> you might be surprised. You, I when I start journaling, sometimes it, the stuff that comes out of me when I do that surprises me. Yeah, really, it's very enlightening. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. It's been it's been amazing to talk about this. You must come back and and talk uh, to us again in different different branching out of different uh different parts. There's some yeah, because there's so much to talk about. It's, yeah, you can't I fit know. in into just one podcast. Oh, I know. It's like you barely scratched the surface, right? Yeah, Literally. I know, definitely. So in the meantime, before you come back, okay, which you will, <laughs> people still here, where can people find you in the meantime? 
Well, and my main page is Spectrum Serafina. And then I, you can find, if you go on my Spectrum Serafina page, I have links to like my Facebook page and my TikTok page. And it's the same username across Facebook and TikTok platforms. So it's just Spectrum Serafina and you can contact me or just follow me there. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. It's been absolutely amazing, Laura. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.